This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from experts across the U.S. Ringler Associates, celebrating 35 years of successfully helping injured people and their families. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us today. Well, during the summer months, families often retreat to their swimming pools or maybe even a water park to escape the heat. Recently, swimming pool companies have come under fire for not installing a device to shut off the pump when an object gets in the way. And the Wall Street Journal's Ashby Jones recently wrote an article about the tragedy of a young boy named Zachary Cohn who died in his family's pool tragically after he was trapped underwater when his arm got stuck in the pool's drain. Now, that's a topic that's called entrapment, and uh, Zachary is just one example of the many tragedies that can occur at swimming pools today. So we're going to have a discussion about swimming pool safety and take a look at the, the, uh, the whole area of entrapment and what swimming pool companies are doing to prevent these tragedies. And with me today to help uh, is my colleague and co-host, Joan Pagnano. Joan began her career with Ringler Associates in 1983, basically helping me establish the Boston office. And in 1996, she became head of her own office and has been uh, with Ringler now for over 27 years and has uh, quite a bit of experience in all kinds of structured settlement cases. And our special guest is attorney Michael Andrews from the Beasley Allen Law Firm down in Montgomery, Alabama. Mike deals with complex product liability cases involving serious injury or death and has handled several cases against manufacturers of aircraft, light and heavy trucks, automobiles, agriculture, just quite a bit of that uh, liability kinds of cases that uh, cause a lot of pain to uh, a lot of his clients, and he's there to help them. Mike enjoys highly technical cases and has a particular passion for working on behalf of injured children. And uh, with all of that, I want to say welcome to Ringler Radio, Mike. Well, thank you both for having me here today. And you're right, this is a certainly a timely topic to discuss today, headed into the summer months. Well, you know, we're going to speak about some tragedy here, but uh, before we get into that, Mike, I uh, can't help but notice that you're down in Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, the Birmingham area was uh, terribly affected by tornadoes recently. And how is that uh, coming along, and how, is, how have you all you folks down there reacted to that tragedy? You know, the, the tornadoes that moved into the state, beginning over in the Tuscaloosa area, of course, moved through Tuscaloosa and up through Birmingham and were really unprecedented in in terms of the damage that our state has seen. Uh, Many of the attorney associations around the state reached out, and and our firm in particular uh, was involved with some of the disaster relief efforts. But uh, when you deal with a tornado or a, a group of tornadoes that were the force involved in these particular storms, mm. You know, there's only so much that can be done, uh, and it really becomes more of a cleanup effort uh, than anything else. And what you see is the loss of, of property is unprecedented, and then, of course, on top of that, you have have a tremendous uh, loss of life and injuries associated with these storms. So you're right; it, it has been a it has been a real tragedy for us here in, in Alabama. And I can imagine, uh, after all the cleanup uh, goes on and all the injuries get uh, 
get dealt with. There's a there's almost a depression that takes place, uh, you know, psychologically down there with all the the devastation. So I wish you all the the best on that, and uh, we're all uh, thinking and praying for you. Well, thank you very much. Well, Mike, uh, our listeners out there who are unfamiliar with the term entrapment, uh, what exactly is entrapment in a pool context? What you're what you're really talking about is known as suction entrapment, and the situation occurs when you have someone who is in a swimming pool or spa or hot tub uh, in which there is a drain, and typically you'll find sort of a central drain, and that doesn't mean it, it drains all the water out. It means that's the area that the pump for the particular pool or spa uses to circulate water back through the system, and because of the suction involved there. Uh, a person, and it's more often than not, it's a small child, uh, can become caught mm-hmm. and sucked to that drain. Wow. And they are then entrapped either partially or totally underwater. And of course, that leads to, uh, to different classifications of injuries. But that's, that's sort of generally what we're talking about when we talk about swimming pool and spa and trap. Gotcha. Okay, Mike, you know, the results of entrapment can be anywhere from disembowelment to death. So uh, let's talk about faulty drains and the power of the suction coming from the drain. Yeah, Mike, what's the, the power of the suction seems to be uh, tremendous. Uh, and I, I guess I, I haven't noticed it. Uh, tell us about that. You know, it really is. And, and unfortunately, you tend to see the power greater in some of these municipal-type pools in which the pool itself is larger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really becomes a function of what size pump uh, is attached to the pool. And you have to have a system, or the thinking has been in the past, that you had to have a system that was more powerful than you really needed uh, because over time, as you know, the, the contaminants and the dirt and the algae and those kind of things can build up and reduce the flow. So you would typically have a much more powerful pump system for the pool than you really needed. And as a result of that, uh, and having a pump that is powerful enough to exchange all of the water in the pool several times during the day, uh, you know, you've got tremendous suction power all being concentrated on one or two relatively small drains, uh, and that creates an enormous suction force there in the area around that drain. And you're right, the, the results from these uh, entrapment injuries are, are, are simply horrifying. Uh, you know, to hold a small child underwater until they drown is bad enough, but uh, the disembowelment type injuries mm. are really the, the stuff of horror movies when a child is, is sucked to the drain and, and then because of the suction, actually their internal organs, their bowels are pulled out because of the suction force. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's really it's really unspeakable the type of things that happen because of the suction force. Well, and I'm sure you've seen, uh, seen it all there. You know, there's obviously it cries out for some legislation and I guess – a recent law in 2007 has uh, tried to uh, help this, the Virginia Graham Baker Pool and Spa Safety Act uh, in 2007. I guess it required all commercial pools and spas to be outfitted with approved drain covers and either multiple drains, unblockable drains, or a backup device such as an SVRS on single drain systems. I, I won't pretend to know exactly what that means, but tell us about the origins of the Virginia Graham Baker Act and uh, – and some of the th- good things that, that have occurred because of its uh, passage. Sure. The Virginia Graham Baker Pool uh, Spa and Safety Act, uh, as you said, was enacted back in 2007, signed into law 
went into effect and required changes in 2008 for almost every public pool, and those are defined in different ways. Uh, and then certainly by 2009, every public pool had to had to comply with this act. And what happened is that uh, you know former Secretary of State James Baker, mm-hmm. um, most people will remember him. His his granddaughter, uh, who was a twin and was the youngest of five children, she was seven years old, uh, was in a hot tub, and she was a member of a community swim team. She had been swimming, you know, since she was about three years old. And that that sort of highlights the fact that these type of injuries cut across all levels of proficiency in terms of swimming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a child that's been swimming for over half of her life and is very proficient, uh, is in a hot tub and became stuck to the hot tub drain and was unable to pull herself free. Her mother attempted to pull her free and could not. And then it eventually took two men to get in the spa uh, and pull so hard that when they actually pulled her loose, it broke the drain cover loose from the from the spa itself. She died from drowning. Oh, my God. Obviously, the, the cause was suction entrapment, hmm. and it, it all came back to a faulty drain cover, which just allowed excess suction to build up around it to the, to the point where two grown men could not pull her free without actually breaking part of the whirlpool. You know, they're talking about compliance by December of 2008. Uh, what have you seen in the area of compliance? Have most of these water parks and spas complied with this new law? And are there any, you know, criminal or civil repercussions, especially, let's say, criminal ones, uh, if they don't comply? Well, you know, I, I, it's hard to know, to be honest with you, how many have complied. Uh, as with any governmental regulation, you're going to have a, a number of, of facilities that will comply automatically. There's always going to be those that lag behind. And there are repercussions. There are enforcement penalties for failure to comply with the Virginia Graham-Baker Act. Uh, as a general rule, these things fall under the, the CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Mm-hmm. And when the bill was signed into law, certain penalties were allowed. Um, for non-compliance and then for other other issues, but you know, as a general rule, uh, it, it, it's been voluntary compliance, and then you have some sort of follow-up inspection to make sure everyone complies. Um, all of this we're talking about really is is civil. There aren't, with the exception of really one notable, more recent case that you mentioned at the outset. You're really only looking at civil penalties. You aren't looking at that criminal type. Penalty. Yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. Uh, talk about that case, but uh, I would I would guess when it's a voluntary system, and you're involved in a in a period of economic downturn like we are right now, that maybe one of the last things people want to spend money on is the maintenance and and those kinds of issues. So it's kind of a perfect storm here of problems that you're facing. I would assume. There's no doubt about it, and and you always see, you know, unfortunately, you hit it right on the head when you talk about the economic times. Businesses, the business model, economics dictate that you will try to do things, I hesitate to say the cheapest way, but typically businesses will say the most efficient and cost-effective way. And unfortunately, what that translates into is that, as you just said, you cut corners. Mm -hmm. And if, if in the bigger picture you're doing other things in a municipal water park or a resort or a spa or wherever it is, you know, 
that this may be one of the very last things that you ever got around to, particularly if, say, just before this went into effect, you had gone through and, and done renovations to your pool and have brand new appliances, brand new drain covers, right. brand new everything in there. So why then would the business want to go back and scrap a bunch of new components to just comply with a voluntary standard? Um, and as a result of that, children are still at risk, you know, everywhere, actually. Well, Mike, you know, Larry touched briefly on the criminal aspect, and you mentioned the civil aspect on these entrapment case situations. So if we look at the Zachary Cohn case, according to the Wall Street Journal law blog, David Lionetti, president of Shoreline Pools, pled guilty to criminal negligence homicide, which resulted in probation and community service. Is this a case for a wake-up call to the pool makers? Well, it certainly should be. Um, whether or not it actually serves as a wake-up call, I guess only time will tell, but I can I can assure you that it certainly should be a wake-up call. This individual was facing up to 10 years uh, in jail, in prison, and as a result of his plea deal, received a three-year probation and something like 500 hours of community service as a janitor at uh, at the Boys Club, which, again, is, a, is an extraordinarily light sentence when you look at the severity of what happened, this case, uh, a young boy, a six-year-old little boy, was trapped underwater in in his uh, own home's pool, his family's backyard pool. Mm. His arm was trapped in the pool drain, and uh, again, there were you know efforts to try to try to pull him out. His, from what I understand, the child actually died in his father's arms. Uh, as the dad tried for several minutes to pull his son's arm free from the drain. Oh, my. And, uh, you know, there, there were several comments in that article that indicated that it was, that in the in the opinion of the attorney for the family, um, that the company involved, Line 80 and Shoreline's behavior, was simply to pay lip service to the safety regulations. It? This sort of plea deal, and the severity with which the authorities faced this case indicated that safety has to be a number one priority, particularly when you're dealing with something that affects children. Uh, and, and, and I have always felt that way, both as a parent as, and as an attorney, that you know there are a lot of things you can do to me as an adult, and, and, it, and they're bad. They're bad when they happen to other adults. But when things happen to children, I, I just have always personally been of the conviction that everyone has to be held to a much higher standard. And this is a case in which criminal penalties were were well needed and appropriate. Well, you know, I, I certainly understand all of that. Uh, I guess my question is, is this one of the few cases where criminal sanctions have uh, come into play? Or or is this a, and is this a fairly new arena for uh, criminal penalties to take place? Or, or, is it, or is it more typical? No, as far as I know, this is the only case hmm. in which criminal penalties have been involved. Uh, and it should certainly serve as a wake-up call not only to to the pool manufacturers and installers, but also to some of the district attorney associations around the nation to to say, "Hey, look, this is something that can be done." Yeah. Uh, if we can't force voluntary compliance through civil civil uh, penalties and and laws, let's use the existing criminal laws that are on the books and enforce these these laws and hold people responsible when they don't live up to what their responsibility is. Well, as you said, uh, Mike. Kids are involved. You got to be very, very careful, and uh, obviously treat it with a lot more delicacy. 
Well, we're going to take a quick break right now, but we'll be right back in a minute with uh, Mike Andrews right here on Ringo Radio and talk more about pool safety and uh, what's being done to make sure that our kids are protected. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates. Quite simply, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for 35 years. Ringler Radio is celebrating its sixth year right here on the Legal Talk Network, produced by broadcast professionals. Ringler Associates, the only broker you need. Listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose a topic. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to all parties involved in the settling of physical injury claims. Experience counts. Over $23 billion in structures benefiting 166,000 injured individuals and their families. And one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to the Legal Talk Network. It's free. We invite you to listen to other shows on the Legal Talk Network. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. Did you know Ringler Radio is one of the top three rated shows in iTunes? Thanks to all of our listeners who download all the Ringler Radio shows. So you want your own podcast on LegalTalkNetwork.com? Go to the website and send us an email, or just give us a call at 781-551-9960. It's the best move you'll make in legal marketing. It's the office calling again. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, yeah. I need to do that, too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. That's perfect. The office can wait. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. I'm your host, Larry Cohen. Again, glad you could join us. Our guest today is attorney Michael Andrews from the Beasley Allen Law Firm in Montgomery, Alabama, and we're talking about pool safety. Mike, the uh, Virginia Graham-Baker Act only covers public pools right now, leaving regulation to the states, the the more prevalent private and residential pools. And I guess there are reports that there are more entrapment cases in residential pools, probably because there are more of them. Uh, I guess it's almost impossible, I guess, to monitor these residential pools. Now, number one, I, I assume it's a concern for you uh, as someone who uh, advocates for uh, pool safety. But also, I've noticed in a lot of residential pools that the kids especially – it's almost like an attractive nuisance to go play near the drain. They get their little floating ducks and toys, and it all kind of congregates there. And they they tend to be in in you know in harm's way there. Uh, how, how does uh, how do we all protect against that? And what do you what have you seen in that in that realm? Well, you really hit hit it on the head when you talk about uh, you know looking at the tip of the iceberg in terms of seeing what public pools uh, are like. Uh, some of the last statistics I heard were there are about three hundred thousand. Uh, pools in the country that are considered public, but there are somewhere around 10 million uh, that are 
classified as private pools. Mm-hmm. And so you're really looking at, at two very disparate populations in terms of the numbers. And then you look at the CPSC data uh, of the numbers of injuries and fatalities that occur in, in the last several years, something like 84 to 85% of fatalities of children less than five years old occurred in residential locations. Uh, so these pools that are covered by uh, by this new Virginia Graham-Baker law uh, that may comply with it simply aren't the ones that where 85% uh, of the injuries or, or deaths are occurring. Uh, and then, you know, again, something like uh, 54% of the injuries occurred at home, either in a pool or in a spa. And so, yeah, it's a huge concern. Uh, you know, you, you've got you've got plenty of, of uh, existing pools out there that are just not going to comply with this yeah. because they were they were there before this law came into effect. But as this criminal case we just talked about highlights, you've got pools that are being installed today that should comply and probably don't. No question about uh, it. No question about it, Mike. And so, you know, the issue then becomes how do you educate and inform the parents uh, about these dangers? And then, of course, when you talk about spas, or whirlpools, you've got a much more contained area. Uh, so you've got people, children, right there in very close proximity to the drain, and the natural tendency of a child is to is, is curiosity. No so question they about seek it. Seek out the drains and seek out everything in the pool. But now, Mike, the Association of Pool and Spa Professionals, you know, has lobbied for some tougher rules. But is their position a start or? You know, how much more really needs to be done? Well, I'll be honest with you. My understanding is that the Association of Pool and Spa Professionals has actually lobbied against some of these efforts. Uh, and and that sometimes comes a little counterintuitive, but we see that when you look at National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Mm-hmm. You'll have car makers that will, uh, from time to time, lobby against stronger safety regulations. Right. Uh, because it will negatively affect their base. Yeah. You know, they they lobby on behalf of car companies. Yeah. So you've got an association that will lobby against changes that may or may not cost them more money. Um, certainly, this act is a start. So what we're saying is more does need to be done. No doubt. I mean, okay. I, I don't think you ever get to the point of being complacent when you're talking about safety for children. I think that has to be a continually evolving uh, body of not only legislation but awareness. Well, you know, you're, because, you're, Mike, you're bringing up a point though. Uh, these some of these uh, entities are really lobbying organizations for their uh, for their industries, and so it requires state governments. For example, uh, we all like to keep government out of our lives, but this is a, and I'm sure you agree with this. You see this as a appropriate role for government to step in and promulgate these rules. To, to force the compliance. If the government is not going to get involved in the safety of our children, then I really don't see any, any other role that it has as being necessary, to be honest with you. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You know, I, I think that that's got to be the most basic function of government is to assure our safety. And, of course, even if you don't have children, you understand the safety of children has to be held paramount. Are you aware of uh, any states right now who are, who are in the midst of trying to enact this legislation? I have heard of different efforts around the country mm-hmm. in states come forward with legislation, and unfortunately, they're sometimes the result of tragedies like this Virginia Graham-Baker case, mm-hmm. uh, more on a state level. Uh, you know, the Virginia Graham-Baker Act is really intended to be a minimum set of standards and guidelines 
that they have to comply with, states can then enforce more more stringent as long as they are not in conflict with that law. And it really becomes then an issue of federal preemption or not. Uh, but but yeah, states can can and definitely should step forward with as stringent the guidelines as they can stand uh, to prevent this. Now, Mike, what is your advice to our listeners out there who either own a pool or visit water parks, resorts, spas, which we touched on lightly? Should pool owners take the initiative and make sure their pool is up to code? Absolutely. And, and if you know of this information, you should share it with your friends because what if your pool is up to code and you've taken the initiative and done everything you can and then your child is invited over to a friend's house for a swim party? Well, you're raising some thoughts in my mind already with that. Yeah. So, yeah, you want you want to take the initiative and you want to kind of spread the word. You need to be sort of a bell ringer or a little bit of a town crier about this because you do have to take some initiative. You do have to see if your pool is in compliance. And after this law was signed into effect, the different covers that are compliant are marked so that they are known to be compliant. And it's against the law now to sell drain covers that are not compliant for these pools. Um, so, yeah, you should take the initiative. You should step up. You should make sure that your pool is compliant enough to code. And, 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 and by the way, the covers, the covers themselves, that's a major issue because that's what allows the suction to take place. But there are also other things that can be done to reduce the flow, to stop the flow, uh, to sort of lessen the suction power if a drain should become obstructed. So there are several things that you that you can and should do with respect to your own pool. Well, well let me let me ask you a question about that. Uh, you know, obviously, there's an old adage that knowledge is power, and I would assume that a lot of homeowners, when they hire a pool, uh, you know, installer, uh, their expectation is that this pool is it's a new pool. Their their expectation is that the uh, the thing is going to function correctly and up to code and in in the right in the right fashion. Uh, how do we educate the public about some of these issues so they can even ask the questions? I, I would think most people are somewhat in the dark about some of these regulations and some of these needs. I would say that the majority of the public is in the dark about the need for homeowners to take the initiative and step up. You know, mm-hmm. radio shows such as this, uh, unfortunately, news articles of tragedies, those are the only ways that this information historically has gotten out. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, I think the Consumer Product Safety Commission should really undertake an awareness campaign uh, really geared at this issue because so many people are potentially affected by this. Everyone who gets into a pool is potentially in the group that can be directly affected by this issue. There is a huge need for public awareness. Mike, how, do, how does the public, how do any of our listeners, uh, how do they get the, the specific information that they would then want to, to know about so they could say to their neighbor before their child goes to their pool, uh, do you have a certain type of drain cover? Do you have a certain uh, uh, you know, standard that, that you've reached in your pool? Where would they find that information? Maybe on the web or are there some websites that you're aware of that they could go to? There are, in fact. There is, uh, if you start with the, the CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission website, mm-hmm. that's sort of a general portal that will give you information on a, a wide range of consumer products. But more specifically, uh, there's a website known as poolsafely.gov, uh, P-O-O-L-S-A-F-E-L-Y dot G-O-V. Mm-hmm. And that website will give you a, a 
huge amount of information with respect to not only the Pentagram Baker Safety Act, but with things that you can do as a homeowner uh, for your own pool and uh, information on these case-specific tragedies and links to you know, other, other, you can drill down through that website and find mm-hmm. links out through the web for a huge amount of information. Well, you know, we do a lot of shows here on Ringler Radio where we inform our, our listeners about uh, topics of interest to them. I think this is a show that we may be uh, helping save lives. I, I think this is a lot of information that I think our listeners are just not aware of. I mean, I, I know that I would not have known about some of these specific uh, drain issues that, that we need to keep our eyes on. And I think you've opened all of our eyes today, uh, Mike, and I, I want to thank you for that. How would our listeners reach you if they want more information on today's topic? Probably the easiest way would be through email. Uh, you can reach me at mike.andrews at beasleyallen, that's one word, dot com, uh, or through our firm's website at uh, beasleyallen.com. And I will respond to uh, any request for information. I'll give you. I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to seek out information for you if you'll contact with contact me on this issue. Well, I know Mike that you uh, and all the Beasley Allen folks are clearly uh, very effective advocates for the clients that uh, come to you for for help. And obviously, uh, you've been helping a lot of these people with these tragedies. So uh, thank you very much for that, uh, Joan. If someone wanted to reach you, how would they do that? Uh, email is also a really good way, and that would be J Pagnano, P A G N A N O, at ringlerassociates.com. Otherwise, uh, my office number is 781 383 8310. Well, that's great. And of course, if uh, any of you want to reach any Ringler Associate, uh, you can do that by going to the Ringler website, ringlerassociates.com. We actually have a new website, which is pretty snazzy. I'd encourage you to go visit it. Uh, Also, uh, if you want to hear this show, you can download it from ringlerassociates.com on the Ringler Radio link or from legaltalknetwork.com where you can uh, listen again to uh, Mike give his uh, very interesting and uh, somewhat troubling view of where the pool industry is right now and how we need to protect these kids uh, more and more every day. So with that, Mike, I want to thank you again for joining us. That was extremely informative. Joan, thank you for being our co-host. You're welcome. Nice talking to you with you, Mike. Absolutely. I appreciate you both giving me the opportunity to be here today. Terrific. And for all of our listeners, go out and have a great day. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. In its sixth year on Legal Talk Network with over a half a million listeners, Ringler Associates, where experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to all parties involved in physical injury claims. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential.